Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The Bigger Picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to The Bigger Picture. I'm Sean Cheong. We are having a shorter-than-usual week in Asia due mainly to the Chinese New Year holidays. China, for example, will be shut all week. But still, we can expect a very busy week with some important data and announcements to look out for. So to discuss some of the things to look out for, we have with us on the line Oriano Liza, the sales trader at CMC Markets, to walk us through some of them. Good morning, Oriano. Uh, good morning, uh, Sean. Uh, happy National Radio Day and happy Chinese New Year as well. Uh, same to you. Okay, so let's let's look at the US first up, where we have many names in the S&P set to report earnings. Lyft, Instacart, DoorDash, Hasbro, Coca-Cola, they're all due over the course of the week. Roku due at the end of the week. So, so far, earnings have been very strong, and this is seen to suggest a strong economy. Should we expect any surprises? Yeah, it's a good point, uh, Sean, that you, that you touch on. Obviously, we've been looking from an earnings perspective. I'll quickly touch on that. That you know, outperformance and earnings has has risen where eighty three percent of you know major index players have actually beat their earnings forecast, and that's comparative to seventy three point eight percent from the year before. So, what we are seeing is uh, a bit of broadening uh, in terms of of, of earnings. Um, I'm looking at Coca-Cola specifically, and, and the reason for that, I tend to look at bellwether stocks, specifically uh, retail-specific, so your McDonald's and your Coca-Cola. So it's, pro- it's promising news for Coca-Cola, uh, where their net, uh, increase in net income is due to come in about 10% higher, and EPS around $0.04 cents higher to $0.49. Uh, cents. So I think look, it's not to say that the other the other players like the DoorDash and Hasbro won't have their headwinds. From a retail sales perspective, I think we're seeing um, the economy bit, you know, holding fairly strong um, going forward. So I don't see any major surprises or major downside or impact to, to the wider index market. Um, and it's pretty much positive news all around from that perspective. Okay, and let's also look at US CPI. That's, of course, a key inflationary gauge set to be released later in the US. So given that the latest reaction where commentary from Chair Powell over rate heights was discouraging, but the market still went on a tear in spite of it, would this particular announcement, would it have more significance than it used to have before? Yeah, it's, it's a good point. I think, I think CPI obviously is going to come in a little bit lighter and uh, I think that's naturally quite positive and it's really kind of fueling that soft landing story for the US economy. Uh, one, one key takeaway uh, based on my research is that the yeah, CPI ha- is actually now uh, has been below wage growth across all quartiles. So in terms of you know low income all the way through to high income earners um, in, in the U- US uh, for around six months now. So again, that is showing that there is signs of, you know, that inflationary picture sort of declining. Um, naturally, of you know, traders and the Fed will be looking at, um, you know, if there is any kind of, you know, increase in inflation, and obviously that will that will go a long way in terms of timing and the velocity potentially of those uh, rate hikes. The government may still kind of looks like the timeline that they are going to be looking um, at a first cut. So this will give us a clearer picture going forward as to whether that timeline remains the same. And other data expected this week as well, besides the CPI, we have the PPI. We also have January's readings on retail sales and production, imports and exports. What are you personally watching the most and why? Uh, I'm looking mostly at, and going back to our first point, our discussion point, as uh, retail sales. They are set to be a little bit softer. And I guess one thing to be mindful of is that, that consumer credit levels in terms of buying, so credit cards, loans, they are at 20-year highs. So I think what we are seeing is maybe uh, a bit of normalization in terms of in, in terms of consumer uh, expenditure, which, again, is you know a positive thing. With, um, and also in the U.S., they do have uh, other external factors uh, like the automobile, 
old automotive sales, which have slowed down considerably. And also the weather, unfortunately, people not being able to get out to the shops um, to naturally make purchases. Um, so the guys on the ground being sort of stuck indoors with some of the, uh, the weather there. So I, th- I think, you know, overall, from a macro perspective, you've got to give it to President Powell and, and the Fed in terms of how they've really managed this inflationary picture job growth remain resilient and GDP has still grown in, in this period um, and I think that's reflective obviously in that, in those stock or equity prices. So let's look at the S&P 500 now, it's above 5,000 which is a record high do you think that any of this data released this week could stop this mighty momentum you're seeing to the upside or is this just going to go higher because the market's just Teflon at the moment and the sky's the limit? <laughs> yeah, it's a good point right, I think the market is very active to positive news Sean um, so um, historically, I like to look back at you know certain data points, and so you know when we've had a similar market structure, so an all-time high being set. So back 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 as far as 1995, when there was an all-time set, a high set in the S&P, the market continued to create within that year another 77 all-time highs. So that that suggests that we might be looking at you know continual upside for for, for the S&P. Again, you know, from an investor standpoint, it is important to look, uh, be wary of that concentration risk in, you know, magnificent seven stocks. Um, But um, also, it's difficult to also always project where price action will go, where you've never had previous levels reached. So it's, uh, I think, I think it's in line with these interest rate cuts potentially coming in as to, you know, sort of tread with caution if you are an investor. So on the note of S&P 500 setting a record, the Russell 2000, it had a good week last week, but all things considered, it is still about 20% below its all-time high from two and a half years ago. So fundamentally, do you think they can start to run up meaningfully as inflation continues to come in better than expected and the small caps financing goes down? Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what's been really suppressing small caps. It's been, it's been the cost, you know, the cost of funding uh, for you know in terms of expansion and building out these uh, particular smaller cap stocks. So um, one thing to keep in mind is that the divergence between the S P or the major indexes basically and small caps is is at historic highs at the moment. So generally, what we've seen when when, when there is this divergence between the two large cap and small cap uh, indexes, um, that will naturally narrow. So where where this has always happened, there has been snap snap rallies from a small cap perspective between 20 and 40 percent within the year. So it's definitely an, an area of interest for me from a personal investment standpoint. Um, you need to be looking to sort of I kind of drip feed some of your positions into into small caps because you really only see the upside effect once these cuts come into play. Right, and uh, let's also take a look back home. We need some attention here because Singapore's four quarter GDP results is due out later in the week. What are you expecting to see from it? Yeah, although I'm not Singaporean, but have spent quite a, quite a number of years here. I think it, I think the, you know the economy has done a really good job. We're looking at probably a year-on-year growth uh, around 1.1% in terms of GDP. I think a lot of that has been um, you know the the, the economy sort of, or the government sort of pivoted. So there's been a lot of uh, demand in the electronic sector, semicon, and also I guess we've seen a kicker from tourism, which has helped keep the economy above um, you know sort of treading water. Um, and that's against the backdrop of global trade and property crisis in China which is, you know, put a huge stress on, you know, supply chain and, you know, import-export as well. So, look, from an inflationary standpoint, I think we're looking at around 25 to 3.5%. We're going to sit around that level um, next next year. But I think all things considered, I think think the Singapore um, economy comparison to other, uh, you know, established or developed economies is, you know, sitting 
If we look at recent data in Singapore, you know, there's suggestions that median household income is better, CPI is better, unemployment rate is improving, economy is just growing. So when you put all this together, where do you stand on the recession discussion? Can Singapore avoid recession again in 2024 as we did in 2023? Yeah, I think, I think Singapore, okay, I've got on record in saying Singapore, I think, might be out of the woods in terms of recession. I don't think they have, you know, the sort of uh, increased debt levels. Yeah, sure, they are harboring some debt, but not to the, not to the heightened levels that you see in other um, developed economies. In terms of jobs and things, obviously you will have heard about a lot of job cuts within the financial services sector but, and also in the tech sector. But that was just a, from a cyclical standpoint uh, during COVID and pre-COVID. So I think that they've navigated the global uh, slowdown and obviously they've been able to come to a period of downturn from a global trade perspective, which is that it's real, real low. I think that they, if they've managed to navigate that, then there is some upside there which will help boost the economy and then get prevented from recession. All right, thank you very much for those views, Oriano. Right, he's Oriano Lizard, he's sales trader at CMC Markets. I'm Sean Cheong. This has been The Bigger Picture. Continue to stay ahead with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.